Restaurant Unstoppable episode 511 with Keith Richards of Tzatziki's Cafe. Put others first and let's think about what they need and their wants and their needs and then put myself last. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If you want new customers, more revenue, and a huge advantage over your competition, then listen up. My good friend and industry expert, Nick Fosberg, is doing something special for Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. He says most owners are wasting money on Facebook because our industry does not provide enough knowledge. And I got to say, I agree. So Nick is going to take some of our listeners and guarantee them a minimum of $500 in sales for every $100 they spend on ads. If not, they don't pay. Yes, that means he's guaranteeing a 500% ROI and new customers in your door. That's pretty rad. If you want more info, go to ru500.net. That's ru for restaurant unstoppable 500.net. Wouldn't it be great if you could play music directly from your Spotify account in your own restaurant without worrying about being pinched by the music police? Well, guess what? With Soundtrack, your brand, you can. Unlike Spotify Premium, YouTube, or Apple Music, Soundtrack, your brand is licensed for business use. And with SoundtrackYourBrand.com, you can import your favorite music from Spotify and share them directly with your guests. This deal typically goes for $26.99, but if you act now, you can get this deal for $19.99 per month per location for life. Get on it. Again, that's soundtrackyourbrand.com or find the banner in the show notes. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Keith Richards. My man, Keith, are you feeling unstoppable today? I woke up. I'm unstoppable. 20-year anniversary <laughs> coming up. I heard you already have it. We, we had it in uh, March. Well, March. after 20 years, if you if you haven't stopped yet, you're not going to stop. You are I'm unstoppable, my man. Congratulations Thank on that. Uh, so Keith Richards and his wife, Amy, founded Tzatziki's in 1998. They have since grown this fresh, casual franchise to 85 locations in 17 states before creating Tzatziki's Richards worked under the direction of Frank Stitt. Am I saying that correctly? You are. At Highlands Bar and Grill, which won the elusive 2018 James Beard Foundation. So you're coming from good lineage. I'm excited to learn what you, you learned from him. And on top of all of this, uh, you are also in charge of the company's signature charity, the Hope Program, helping children with special needs. So I'm sure we'll tap on that a little bit too. Yes. You've got a lot going on. I can't wait to dive into your story to find out how you got to where you are today and who you are today versus who you were when you started 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? You know, our, our mission at Tzatziki is to create an environment that combines extraordinary food with meaningful human connection. Mm, why, why is that the, the focus? Well, I think in, in today's society, is it making a connection with the guest is so important. Mm. I mean, for instance, 20 years ago when we started is we're just another concept opening up. So what, what was going to set us apart? And that was building that bridge, building that connection, not only with our guests, but with local, you know, churches, communities, um, soccer teams, whatever it was. And that's how we were going to build our base on our, on our customer. Yeah. 
And I love that. And I, and I picked up on that doing my research with you. And uh, I can't wait to dive deeper into it. I'm really curious on how you scale that. Because I think that's the biggest challenge with bigger operations is taking that essence and, and carrying it through. And I think it's possible. It's not easy. I'm sure you'll shine some light on that as we talk about the, the story chronologically. I'm sure we'll get there. But where did it all start for you? Bring us to the point where you got into the industry. Uh, and maybe is there a point where you knew that this was going to be your career? or You know, I, I started when I was – if you want to talk about – I guess the hospitality and quote restaurant. I don't think um, Baskin Robbins was so much a restaurant, but that was my first job at 15 and it lasted two days. Um, so I thought, well, this is not my path. Okay. So, so went back in groceries. Long story short, I was in college and my sister had applied. You, I'm not going to let you slide by that. What <laughs> happened that it only lasted two, two I, days? I, I, I took a gentleman's order wrong. Okay. I could not, un- I just could not understand what, what he wanted in, um, and, and, the owner and the, my boss at that time said, I'm just not cut out for but this. But there's a lesson <laughs> in, in this, right? Like your job as the owner is to make sure these people can do their job well. So did you yes. feel like they, they empowered you? They, they trained you and they gave you the, the resources you needed to do the job or maybe even a second chance? Or- well, and not really because it was, you know, we put our, our employees under, you know, you know, we test our employees. We, you know, we watch their back. We want to make sure that when they're talking to their guests, they're saying the correct things. And I think having one day or it was like a four hour training session at a Baskin Robbins. I'm sure that's, it's changed. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't, and at 15, you know, um, being more of a recluse, I, I wasn't outgoing. Yeah. So taking someone's order was, is it, was it just a challenge? But there's so many boy. jobs in the restaurant industry, <laughs> like or positions within a restaurant alone. Like maybe that wasn't your lane. Maybe that wasn't where that you should have been, you know, and look at you right, now, these people, right. I don't know if they're still around today. Uh, I, I saw him probably about, 10 years ago and, and freaked him out. Oh, yeah. himself in the ass right now. <laughs> oh, Part of my language saying like, oh man, we had this potential amazing rock yeah. star of uh, an employee that he we could have 85 Baskin <laughs> Robbins. <laughs> yeah. So point being like, don't cut people so short, you know, yeah. like, give them yeah. some time, help them find out where they belong. Uh, anyway, that's why I want to go in deeper because I'm sure there was more we could have pulled yeah, back. Th- so, there is. And, so keep on going. All right. So anyway, so um, my sister had applied in, in uh, I'm sure most of your, your, your listeners are millennials, but Kmart years ago used to have a cafeteria. You you may not even know that. So Kmart had I a cafeteria and a little snack bar out front. So my sister applied. Long story short, she had already um, accepted a job. And my mom said, well, I've got a son that's doing nothing. And I went, raised my hand, Mom, I'm going to college playing tennis. I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. But you need a job. So I said, I'll give it a shot. So I walked in into Kmart and number one, fell in love with the people that I was working for. I had a very, um, and I remember his name, Rick was my, was our, the manager, um, the, the food, I guess, F and B food guy. What was it about Rick that made you fall in love with him? Um, his personality Mm. and the way he interacted with his, the employees, whether they're, um, 18 years old going to college or it was a 60 year old woman that, uh, needed part-time work. It was just a passion. And I'm like, this guy's fun. Yeah. How did he interact? Give me an example. Um, you know, it was the, the back then you could actually uh, tap people on the shoulder and hug them and tell them great job. Yep. Now, you know, unfortunately, um, so it was such a harassment, but affection. it was really yeah. the affection that he had. And not only that for the guests and for the people, mm. um, and, 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 and just a cafeteria setting. And, you know, all we were doing was, you know, cooking fried chicken and slicing tomatoes and making salads and, uh, you know, burgers, it was just, and you know, 
French fries and doing all that kind of stuff in a, in a and shaving ham and bologna or whatever. And it, but it was, it was not so much the passion. It was just his personality. Now, fast forward and, and, and it started, you know, waiting tables and bartending and started the real Keith came out. Um, that I think God had put in my body and said, Hey man, you are a per- you're a people person. You love to interact with mm-hmm. folks. So, Fast forward to the Bottega is that I had one guy, Kmart, that was, and I never thought about this until just now, is that the, the mentorship that he provided me for the two years I worked there, now it starts to radiate going, hey, man, this guy was passionate just about people. Well, fast forward again to, to, to Frank Stitt, where he was passionate about food. Mm. So you take, you know, when we were doing baked beans or, or, or pole beans at, at, at Kmart, and then you take what Frank was doing and the passion he had for pole beans or kidney beans or asparagus and the way he set them on a plate was like, wow, this guy's he's, he's passionate about some people and he has his, you know, he has his favorites, of course, and I was one of them. But anyway, um, but the passion that he put in to the food is what brought my attention because, you know, cooking beans and like, you know, my mom, she grilled asparagus. But my God, it didn't taste like Frank's just asparagus. What? What's the deal? Same asparagus. Yeah. Same farm raised. Why didn't it taste the same? What was the difference? Um, and this may sound weird. I think it was the love. And my mom was a great cook. Um, but I think, I think it was just the passion that I want this to be the best. Mm. You know, when you grow up in a, you know in your family and it's we got to feed. You know, there's five people in the house here's the food eat it this was more of like i'm gonna put this on this plate and i'm gonna set this up perfectly over the sea bass Mm -hmm. whether it's risotto or rice or whatever it was and we're going to put this in just looking at it was a masterpiece and i think the passion for food is where the light went off the aha moment went off and said you know this is this is kind of cool this is something different and and always being either a manager or a boss um growing up i ran my own car wash business so it always taking people, um, form leadership out of them, help those guys grow and mentor them. And when I saw that with Frank, I thought, you know, I can, I can do this. Um, so that, that's when kind of, you say I can do this. I can, I can create a brand. I think I can create a brand or my own restaurant. Cause you know, you only were, I look at the, the long picture and say, okay, the big picture and say, okay, well, where am I going to be? You know, back then I was 26 years old, 27. Now I'm 53. So I look at where am I going to be and how can I support a family if I choose to go that direction? So saying that is going, I think I can do this. These customers that are coming in are being taken care of because of my passion for them and the passion for the food. And no one, I could, even to this day, um, I'm still passionate about Bottega and about what Frank has done. And, and I almost get really sentimental about it mm-hmm. because it, it's true and it, and it led me to this path that I'm on and it's a huge path that not only has created me opportunities, but it's created my family. Yes. And and we can talk about that later. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll scale into that as we, the, the story unfolds. So, uh, you said to yourself, I can do this. What were the first steps? How, how did you start? Uh, <laughs> you know, you had the vision, right. you, you had the destination, but how did you break that into achievable goals, short-term goals? Like what, how do you prioritize? So, it? so here, here's what it was. So working at Bottega, like I said, I was right about the 10 year mark, nine and a half year mark is that my wife worked for us airways. And so we had the benefit of going to Dallas and eating at, um, not Charlie Trotter. Um, what's the guy's name in, in Dallas? Is it Tesser? Great? Oh, 
what's his name? I can't remember. But going to these great restaurants down in Florida or and just had this palate. I want to find, you know, Frank would say, Keith, if you're going to go to Dallas next weekend, go here. If you're going to go to somewhere, go, you know, um, go to Norman's place down in Miami. Try these places out. So I would search them out and come back. And I'm like, man, this is great. But the moment was when we took a trip to Greece in 97. And I came back. And I said, Amy, you know, we were going and we were island hopping. And we had, you know, we were short on change. So we would just, you know, get on the ferry, sleep on the ferry, grab an island, and just tour the whole island um, or what we could on the dime that we had. And when I came back and hit those small cafes, I'm like, man, I'm, something's going on inside of my brain and my heart that says, when I come back, I want to open up my own cafe. Mm. I want to do and replicate what we saw in Greece. So I went back and, and I sat down with Frank and I said, this is, this, I think this is my passion. I know it's my passion and you've helped me create this. I want to, I want to create my own brand. I want to create my own little restaurant. That's all I want. Oh man. So two things, um, I want to go in on it first. Let's kind of backpedal just a little mm-hmm. bit to where you said that you were, you want to recreate what you saw in France. What did you see in Greece? France? Yeah, Greece. Sorry, yeah. Greece. What did you see in Greece? Uh, what was it about Greece uh, that you wanted to recreate? Get specific there. It was really, <clears throat> when it goes down to it, there's so many restaurants. But it goes back to our mantra is that human connection. And um, we just got back from Greece for 21 days. And what we, what we, what we kind of work on in our stores is the Greek man at the door. Every restaurant you go in in Greece, or and it may be Europe, I've only been to Greece, that they they treat you as family. There's one restaurant we went into uh, in Kos, had a great experience, met the, the couple and their son. They could not speak a lick of English. The son could. And we fell in love with their food. Not only their food, but the way they took care of us when we walked in. I said, I mean, I don't want to go another place. Can you get more specific about like how like they treat you like family, but like what does that look like? That looks like remember number one, remembering your face for the second night. Mm. First night, I, you know, we're just tourists. Second night, I said, hey, these guys are back. Third night, these guys are back. So it was it was a, try this. You know, of course they're going to give you uzu after the fact, but it was the stories that the son was telling us of how they started and seeing the whole rack of lamb and the spit and just the, just what they were doing. And there probably wasn't 10 people in the restaurant. It was, it was probably, I don't know, maybe a 800 square feet. And there was only a couple of people, but I'm like, God, this place should be packed because of what they're giving us. So diving deeper, it wasn't the food. It goes back to why are we here? There wasn't anything uh, remarkable on the her paintings on the wall or you know we had the um the fixed beer then it wasn't anything it was you know of course we had some cold beer but i don't know if it was the fact that we didn't want to ruin that relationship and try another place and let these people down yeah but we didn't want to go anywhere else because we felt like we were a daggum family. You walk in that door. Yeah. What what do they look like? Like what are the what are the, what's what's their face look like when they see you? Like is it uh, an instant like like of just I, I like paint that picture. I don't want to make assumptions, but like I'm painting a picture in my head. It's I, the hugging. It's the it's the yeah, love and gratitude. Exactly. But when you yes. give that to somebody, right? When yep. they walk into your restaurant and you instantly you recognize their name, who they are, yep. and you're genuinely happy that they're back. That translates you know that that translates it it impacts people and like you said you didn't want to let them down after that because of how much 
passion and love right, they gave right. you, that's how you create loyalty from people. That's well, how you create like real connection. And I think that's the lesson there uh, that we, we need to bring to the surface, no? So we, and, we, and what I wanted to do is, is, is bring that back. So yeah. when we opened Tzatziki's and so we, the story, we opened, you know, I'm kind of pointing behind me, but we have, we started with 1,100 square feet. We're in Tzatziki's. This is the original location. This is the, actually, this is the second location. Okay. Right by, over my shoulder, and I'll show you later. Is this 1,100 square feet? Okay. And you can see, kind of see where the, the concrete's cut, but I'll show you. It was 1,100 square feet. So it was a very small, it's at 60 people. So when you say second location, you mean the expansion makes it a second the, location? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll open another concept, but anyway. We, we so the first location it. is 50 feet that way. Exactly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so we opened that, and it was very small. And it was exactly what I envisioned mm-hmm. when I drew up on a piece of paper. I said, this is how I want to look. And, and with my help, Amy, with the colors and the menu, I said, now it's up to me to, to give this to folks and to, and to sell mm-hmm. what we're doing. And, and it goes back to the passion of the guest. So I would say probably a week into it, I met a, a, a gentleman, Chuck. And, and with that connection is that he's the godparents of my two sets of twins. So, and it's the best friends that I've met. It's great friends. And again, it's, it's long life. And it's, and it's because in the challenge today, if, if there's a challenge you want to talk, it's not so much a, we talked about the failure. It's not so much of a, a, a failing process. Is that when you get big, those things change, and it's harder to connect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at, yeah. uh, for instance, I'm going to be out of town this weekend, but I thought Dwight Yoakam used to sell out concerts, halls, big, big arenas, and now he's at Iron City, which is probably a 600. But the closeness that he's going to have with with his fans. Yeah. Opposed to the closeness he's going to get when it's a, a massive arena, um, it's different when you go into a eleven hundred square yeah, foot now and you go to a four thousand. Yeah, and you, it's it's harder to communicate with every the guest. Same, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, I had this theory that you know behind every great restaurant is a great person, and that's kind of it. And you exude this energy. This person exudes this energy, and they transform the people they work with. They bring those people up to their values, their level of uh, commitment, their level of just uh, overall quality of character of who you are and the more people that you you bring on the harder it gets because you're essentially exactly you you're trying to transform that many more people uh but there are ways to do it and maybe we can get there um i'm interested to learn more about that but let's try to stay chronological because i think that uh, the thing that you mentioned the second thing i wanted to talk about from what you shared with us prior was that when you had this vision of what you wanted to do you you went to a mentor Right? Is that did I get this, the story um, I, correctly? Yeah, I would say go to a mentor. But the second thing I thought about is we need money to do this. Yeah, uh, you know everything. It's not free. And and my dad um, was a, a great man. He isn't my mentor, but financially, it's something that he couldn't he couldn't give me the money to do. So, you know, we set up that uh, uh, again a budget and said, okay, how, mu- how what's it going to take to open a restaurant, Keith? So Keith. That's you, uh, the gentleman that you went to. Uh, what was his name again? You talking about the what? Because I think the what's. You got Sarah. Oh yeah, Frank. Frank. Uh, I'm Sarah's, sorry. Sarah's in the background. Don't mind <laughs> her. She's awesome. Uh, you want to say hi, Sarah? Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, working with Frank. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So going to him and and I when I sat down, I told him what I want to do, and he looked at me and he says, "I'm going to miss you." He says, "But knowing your work ethic and your habits and your passion, I can see a hundred restaurants." Mm. And he gave me a, a great gift, which I still have. It's a Gurkha um, briefcase, which is really cool. Um, 
And he says, I know you can do this. Nice. So, and so once I had that and I had that, you know, blessing, I thought we can do this. Mm-hmm. Then the next step is how do we do this? Okay. So how do you do it? Well, it, it's, you know, being Botech, white tablecloth, and you mean attorneys, lawyers, bankers, I thought, and I've got tons of friends now and, and that I've created and made, you know, at Botega for over the years. I, I can always, they're bankers, I can always borrow money from a bank. Yeah. So we go in, and, and before I even create a business plan, I, I went and, you know, what's it going to take to get 50 grand? That's all I need to create this restaurant. And they're, no, sorry, we don't lend money to new restaurateurs. They're, they fail. Okay. And I probably went to all, everybody, all my friends. I had one guy, and he wanted his return was too high. And so we we went to our local bank here and basically pled and said, "This is our case. We know we have something. Um, how can we get fifty thousand dollars?" And honestly, it could have been a hundred. It could have been, but I knew if I could, I was going to have to make this restaurant under a fifty thousand dollar budget. So try how am to, I going to do doing that today? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I, you can't even get a, a daggum hood for fifty thousand dollars. So, so what he he said? Uh, let me let me see your where do you live? And we talked about our home. And he says, "I'll tell you what, I will lend you fifty thousand dollars against your house, and if you fail, um, the house is ours. The house is ours." And yep. I went, "I'll tell you what." At that point, that was another aha. Failure is not an option for Keith Richards. Not at this point, because mm-hmm. I had already turned my notice in with Frank. I gave him three months. I'm a, that was pretty fair. That's really fair. <laughs> really fair. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, what do we do? How do we do this? So bringing in my, my dad, uh, my mom, my sister, my brother, friends, family, coming in, cleaning, um, not raising money, but just helping me plumb, helping me cut up concrete, helping me wire lights. And um, going out to you know restaurant auctions, Unfortunately, the restaurants that had closed and, and buying used equipment. Mm. The only thing that I bought new were the chairs and the tables because that's what people are going to be sitting in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it. And we right under, we did it right under 50,000. And the, my first um, purchase was a walk in cooler. <laughs> I needed a walk in cooler. After we started making money, I bought a walk in cooler. So it was, it was trial and error. The aha moment was, and it was a good aha moment was we opened up the first day we did 78 customers and it was on a Saturday closed on Sunday. So we could, we could pray and go to church and do our thing. Opened up Monday, never looked back. Well, um, in Birmingham at that time, there was a local, now they don't have papers anymore, but it was a, it was called the punch or it's the city. No, it's called city scenes. I think I still have the article city scenes and they rated us four out of five stars, which is rare I mean, five stars is, is, you know, the Bottega, the Highlands, the hot and hots and all that around Birmingham. So four was huge. Yeah. Well, they, that comes out on a Friday morning, Friday night restaurant was packed and I didn't expect, I didn't know when it was coming out. I didn't know even someone had came in and judged our restaurant that night. We had a line just about wrapped around this building. Well, at seven o'clock I ran out of food. I had no food and Amy was still at us airways. And I picked up the phone and I'm in the kitchen and I'm panicking. This is my failure moment. I'm panicking. I'm like, I have no food to feed these people. I have nothing on the menu. I have no pita bread. I have no lamb. We have no chicken. We have nothing. So I called um, Amy's mom, Babs. I said, you've got to go to the store. Give me some lettuce and tomato. I got to have something to feed these people. So she came in the back door and handed me like two heads of lettuce 
and like four tomatoes. And I went, uh, this is not going to get, <laughs> I'm not going to go anywhere. This. So long story short, Amy left us airways and, and busted her butt, got over here. And first thing she did being in customer service at us airways, she ran and locked the door. And I said, well, what's going on here? And she said, I said, I have no fit. I'm making up stuff. I'm giving people tortillas with, <laughs> with hummus and tomatoes and, you know, jalapenos. I'm just making crap up and they're eating it. That's just great. <laughs> so, so then she took 50 menus. Okay, here it is. We said, I'm sorry, we said, we said about 60 something people, but we had um, 50 tables or um, I guess 50, I don't know, clients or whatever. So anyway, so she had 50 menus. She passed out 50 menus signed by me that says free dinner for your family. Man, behind every great man is a great, great woman. Is that how the saying oh my goes? Gosh, that is the saying. <laughs> that is the saying. So we got, and we counted when they returned, we got 49 back. Wow. We had one guy that didn't return and said he'd never be back, which I'm, I don't want mean people in my store anyway, yeah, but, you but we got 49 of them back. So that was kind of like, uh oh. We, I think we've tapped into something, Amy. People really like this. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a, a falling of growth. And, and that was in 98. And then um, then we opened what we call T2, T1, and then T2 is the can, amount. Can we bro- dissect yeah. this a little yeah, bit? Sure. Um, so some, what were the big lessons from this? I think, first of all, I don't wouldn't call that a failure. Uh, you know, like you. <laughs> I uh, felt like I failed. Like that's just a, an issue that, I mean, there are some restaurants that like in, intentionally run out of food every night because they, they guess like exactly what they're going right. to eat and there's no And they want to keep it fresh. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just good. Like, you know, like you had so many people that you couldn't keep up with the demand and uh, you, you learned the next time out you got more oh, food. Oh my gosh. Exactly. We never ran out of food. And uh, you, you brought people back. So there's some yeah. great lessons here. You know, uh, you, you gave them value even though they came to you and you weren't able to serve them food you still gave them value a free meal in a menu right? right so there's a lesson there any other lessons you can pull from this story um you know I, I at that point we probably had five employees and and i noticed at that time i mean th- those guys were the rock they almost kind of you know working with those guys we trained for four or five weeks and i had my core crew i knew I knew my crew and they were the ones that when I was almost to a, and I've never panicked except for that night, they were the ones that said, you know, kind of pushed me up and held me up and said, we can do this together. We're going to knock this out of the park, regardless if we run out of food or not, we got plenty of sweet tea. We are going to bond and build together. Yeah. And it was, so for us, it was a learning experience just knowing that, okay, guys, when we get busy, can we handle the masses? Okay. There's one other lesson that I kind of picked up on yeah. what, the the call your wife made to lock the doors. Like it's okay to run out of food. Like you know, like <laughs> that was a fire code right there. But. Yeah. Like well, you know, just like you you stop people from coming in because what would have happened if now you're just getting creative, you're throwing things together yeah. just to, disappointment is like, what I didn't want. Exactly. Yeah. So now people are coming in. Their first experience is going to be uh, whatever with some lettuce and some hummus and like here you go. Like that's it. They're going to come back after that. Like you know, like don't sacrifice right, right, quality. You know, right. if you run out, like if you can't do it. The same way every time as good as you can do it then don't do it at all because right. you're going to hurt the brand so I think well, you said it there. because you know it's going to the tables you know amy going to each ta- you know de- and dealing with the airlines you deal with you know customers who are late on flights and so she 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 got and she understood and still does the passion and what the customer you know their needs so like you said going back to each table and and really talking about hey we are so sorry you know the first 
and th- that that being that, that genuine and, and raw and like, right, authentic, right. like you true, like people can see that you're sorry. And nine times out of ten, like they, they just want to know that you care. Yeah. And if yeah. you care, people can be very forgiving if it's a if it's authentic. You know, you go to a restaurant and somebody doesn't care, right. and you're delivering bad news. They can tell that you don't care and that you're just going through the motions. Um, anyway, uh, one quick thing that I meant to bring up earlier that we kind of skipped over: um, what kind of restaurant was Tzatziki in the beginning? Was it that like you call it fresh casual? Is we, that what it is? Well, I, actually, it's kind of funny that w- I, I felt that we had put ourselves in a, in a category that in 20 years ago that fresh casual wasn't even a exactly it wasn't even defined i didn't even, even know what fresh casual was even fast casual at that point yeah. wasn't necessarily like fast uh, casual fresh casual all i knew is that we were that in between and where i said you know we're above fast food because when i when i think just keith richards thinks that fast food thinks fryers and i don't know why but you think that every fast food has a fryer yeah and that's something that we don't have um or freezers or microwaves so it wasn't fast. It was, it was the fresh part, but it was hard to define who we were. We were just that in between. Mm-hmm. You know, we were above the fast food, but we were not gonna, you know, charge twenty two bucks for a plate. And it was counter service, yeah. And it was you know, well. You walk in, you stand in line. Well, open kitchen. Um, and again, I inherited what I inherited over there was it was an old hot dog place that had an open kitchen. And I said, I'm not going to change it. I love the fact that yeah. it's open. Because this is 1998. This is going back 20 right. years. Yeah. All these things that you're recognizing as uh, beneficial weren't trends yet. They were. Everything was done, what I call behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know if, what wizards back there making your food. And that's something that I wanted to say. Hey, is that we're not ashamed to show you how we're making your food. We want to see it. Of course, there's there's trials and tribulations in that. When the health department walks in, you got an, an idiot. Uh, Guy working our table who eats a cucumber on the line, and the health department's in line. That's a yeah, and it's like no, you can't do that, mm-hmm. and you can't do definitely do that in an open kitchen. It also keeps you honest. It does keep you honest. Yeah, which is yeah. you know it, because we want the guest. Yeah, you know, I mean that's why people do open kitchens. They want to see their food being grilled fresh. Mm-hmm. They want to see a piece of salmon hit the you know, the char grill. They want to see you work with you. They want to see who's making their food. Mm. And how it's being made. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that was the important part. Not only giving the fresh food, but showing people how it's made. Yeah. And that's and not just picking on this and this and this and you know and them destroying their own lunch. Is that I want to give them something and let them watch me and and talk through the menu while they're walking mm-hmm. in the. So, you started talking about the expansion T two Zaziki's two. Yes, I think that's where we left off. So, yes. do you want to take it from there? So yeah, so um, one of our guests had a piece of property in Mountain Brook, which is what, three miles down the road, and said, we love Tzatziki's, we want you in here. Mm. And again, the challenge there was, this is a bigger center. Um, you're asking for a guarantor. I don't have a million dollars to guarantee that my success is going to work. But what, And she'll tell you this today. We sat across from each other, and I said, but I can guarantee you I will work hard, and I will make the Tzatziki's brand, like we've done in the Colonnade, I can, I'll do that just for your center. I'll work hard. And, and you know that I will pay my rent on time. And so... Right then, she looked at her attorney and, and her partner and said, scratch that from the lease. And she scratched it, put a big red X through it. And, I mean, and she's, to this day, she's still a great friend. Mm. I talked to her. Um, so how long did it take you to go from that one location to two locations? It was about, well, it was 2002 is when we first so started. Four so years. four, four years. Okay. And that was a, a challenge in itself is Amy and I kind of settled down with the first restaurant, had a good GM. Because um, at that time, I didn't have a GM. It was just keith and his staff um and then when we opened t2 
I, I knew, hey, listen, somebody's got to run Colonnade. I'll run Mountain Brook, and we'll we'll swap out. So I, I brought in some a good GM and AGM. But the challenge wasn't opening in Mountain Brook. But I did the same path. I uh, went to a restaurant, used you know, bought used equipment. Uh, did buy a new hood there, new furniture again. Um, some of the wiring I, I did myself. Um, some of the plumbing I still did myself. And the painting, I got pictures of me painting in there. Um, some of the things I still did because I love working with my hands. I guess that comes from, you know, working with the food and still building. And, and I'm still that way today. But the challenge was Amy got pregnant with our first set of twins. Mm. That was the challenge. Is that okay? My number one employee who he did, qu- he did say first set. I did say that of twins. <laughs> I'm sure that the second the it, there, yeah. That. That's, there's another. You did hear that there. right? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> so, so number one, my my best employee who was my wife had quit U.S. Airways like three months after we had opened Colonnade. Yeah, and um, I said, wait, wait, what? What now? What's happening? We're pregnant with our a set of twins. I'm like. Okay, so not my number one employee would not be with me. Mm. And she was with me until probably the last two weeks before she had to go on bed rest. She was sitting on a stool taking orders and making sure that I was doing my job. Man. So this is going into just before going to the second location, or, would you, or did you have you we, we, we had just opened the second location. Okay. Yep, yep. And um, we so, opened that one in March, and the babies were born in August 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there were some lessons here of having to train up staff and replace her and to try to – I mean, you can't replace your wife. Right, but, right. Uh, take us through that process of developing your staff and getting them to the point where you could lean on them. Well, you know, going back to the it, – it, it's always – I would always take care of my staff. But for them, they were like me. Is it what's, what's my next step? I can run Tzatziki's one. I can run T1, but I want something bigger. I, I need a little bit more money for my family. And I had a great staff. And, so and this is your staff saying this to, to themselves? To, to like, me, yeah. yeah. Well, they were coming to me. Keith, what's my, what's my next step, mm. man? I love Tzatziki's, but I, I want to run more than one store. Or I want to I go through the next store. It's new. It's fresh. How do, how do I do that? So that was almost saying, not only should I build T2 not for my family's sake, and because our guests want it and need it. People need to grow. They need to grow is, yeah. is I had to give that same opportunity to my employees. Mm-hmm. And I think that was also, so there's a, a lot of elements in there is that our guest, um, there's a lot of barriers here in Birmingham that people won't cross to come eat. So 459 right here is a barrier. Mm-hmm. The Cahaba right down the road is another barrier. And I thought I need to, I need to be closer. We get a lot of, concentration up here but i have guests over there that love our brand that are only going to hit us once a month i need to be in their backyard so we thought let's do it for the guest let's do it for you know there's something i I, my mom had taught me growing up is that joy is a great word and that's jesus others and then yourself Mm. so when i when i think about those things and i go you know what um and we didn't touch about how do we grow and how do we grow in the community which i think we should need we need to talk about is that this is Jesus, others, and yourself. So I thought, well, you know, always put your God first, or my God first, and then put others first. And let's think about what they need and their wants and their needs, and then put myself last. So I thought, well, let's do that. Let's let's pray about this this decision. Let's go in, open T two, to give our guests others what they want. They want our food. Um, they want our, our employees want opportunities, and then let's do this for Keith because I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and it's fair to our family. We need it. Um, and so it worked and that was the passion about it. 
So it's hard to believe we're already at 35 minutes of recording time. It goes by so (laughs) fast. And I want to really get into your advice on scaling uh, because like we mentioned earlier, behind every great restaurant is a great person. And you got to bring these people up to your level. you got to empower them. you got to give them the knowledge, the values, the tools, the systems, the processes, the procedures. And how, how did you know – Like how, how did you grow this thing? Like What things did you do strategically? What, what did that, that, that process of growth look like? So I'm, I'm going to rewind tape and then I'm going to fast forward real fast. Okay. So let's talk about how did I grow where – you know. And, 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 you know, when people come in and you open something successful, people want a part of it. Mm-hmm. And they were always, you know, hey, can you donate, donate, donate? So we never donate. We never did cash donations. We did food or we would go work a party or we would um, help somebody out building something or whatever. So we giving back was, has always been a part of our growth. Um, is it, And that was that's part of the connection when we talk about the connections. How do you get involved? So we knew that we couldn't donate money. Uh, we couldn't give money. You know, we couldn't buy radio spots. We had to do it through community efforts. So that was donating roll-ups to a, a wedding or a church function or a youth group party or, uh, you know, church social, whatever it was, just to get out or a baseball team or soccer team. We, we, oh, my gosh, we did, we've done so many of those. So, and then fast forward is it, so, but how do you, how do you grow? How do you scale that up to going from three to 85? And, and really it's been um, eight years, right? Well, time out. Years, First, yeah. you mentioned that you never give money; you always donate food. Why that approach of not giving money but offering to, to feed? Why, well, why number one, it started off because we didn't have the extra money to give. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were on a, a tight budget, um, and and I knew, you know, to sustain our our lifestyle, um, which was very low, you know, twenty years ago, is that, and I, that was just not not that I'm a stingy person. I give so much now. And I always give my time. And it was really just, you know, let me give you something that you remember me by other than I'm going to give you a $100 bill or write you a check for 500 for a soccer team and you're going to put my name on the back. Let me go out and let me feed and let me introduce you to the brand by the donation. So if I give you 50 bucks and you put my name on a, a t-shirt eh, that's it's, that's it's that's gonna, okay but let me feed 50 people yeah, if you can create that donation with an experience yes exactly yeah and, and that's again that goes back and to it's the marketing too so i mean that Huge. donation it's marketing they're putting your your logo on a piece of paper or whatever but now that you're introducing the food and they're like what is this this is delicious i want more like that that imp- that i was hoping you were going to say that because it yeah. does make way more sense like get the product out there i mean that's free market like, that's free exposure not free you're paying for it, the product right but your the return on that goes way further than just giving cash alone i love to barter i mean that's you know all yeah. day long i'll do that absolutely <laughs> so um i made you go back pick up your train of thought from where we left off before i so you're talking about scaling up so going from then we open so i think you were saying basically uh this impact you had of donating and how do you keep up that level of impact from three to five to 20 to 80 like how do you stay at that level of impact well going going from two to three was also a challenge okay because we're going so now we're we're you know we're making a larger footprint and then it's more employees and again it goes back to the people wanted it our employees wanted it. So, and then again, on top of that, our second set of twins came right when we opened the, the third store. So at that point, I, I said, stop. If I open another store, I'm going to have six kids. Every time I open a daggum store, I'm having a twin. So, so we did stop. So we sat on what we were doing and, and had great managers. And we were, I mean, it was a, um, 
it's never a well old machine in the restaurant business, but I felt like it was. Had great staff, um, honest staff. I was touching the stores every day, and we kept that passion going. So I kind of sat back, and it was on cruise control for a couple of years, and you know, helping with the babies. And then I was approached by, been approached probably for the second year from outside investors saying, "Hey, we want to invest in your business." And my first question is, "What do you know about my business?" Mm. Why about the question? Well, you have all the money and the resources. I need resources, right? Yeah. I need help growing my business. So I don't need money. We're, we're okay on the money side. And I can get money from anybody. I need assistance. I need someone that can help me grow the brand. What kind of assistance? Give me an example. Well, I mean, like tools. And like nowadays, everything is on you know iPads. And, and, and we, even when we opened our third store, we were still on NEC push button. So I you mean, opened no. your second store 2002. Uh, two. Mm-hmm. The third store was 2004. Four. Mm-hmm. So now you're six years into this thing. Um, so it's 2004, and you're looking for the, the tools resources at this time. What? Did, well, at that you, time, I kind of appalled. So a couple of years past that, I'd say probably four years past that, that's when we were approached. And I said, well. 2008. In 2008. I said, I'm good with what we're doing. And I know there's 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 there's. There's tools and processes out there. I was just I wasn't engaged enough to. Do you have a grandfather clock in here? It sounds like that. <laughs> is that a, where's that coming from? <laughs> like church bells. I, I don't have a. I like when, when anything awkward happens. I just like to point it out because I think it's fun, and I'm sure people are laughing is at that, this right now. Is that Steven's phone? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the church bells. I heard them too. I'm like, there's not a church because I, I know I had to I had to get a liquor license for this place. I know there's not so, a church. That real close. quick, who's Steven? Stevens are um, one of our special needs workers. Been with us for uh, over eight years. Yeah, he's been uh, in the background here as we've been talking. He's a G money. I call him G money. A lot of fun energy coming from that uh, guy. That's, that, that's <laughs> we'll talk about our passion, my passion later. But yeah, yeah we'll get yeah. into that. Uh, sorry, pick up your train of thought. So you know, going in, and you know, we we were still using in handwritten tickets. We had codes for every menu item, which I and you know they were triple coded. Um, um, you know, copy carbon copy. So we would, you know, we pass it to the expo and the and the grill, and that we'd only need two copies, and then one for the guest. And then it got to be too much. Um, and when I brought our partners in, and I said, well, you know, we found some partners, and I said, okay, they're in the restaurant business locally, and you know, what what are you gonna, what are you, how are you gonna help Tzatziki's grow? And it says, well, let's let's go through your through your systems and see what you got in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very loose on inventory. I was very loose on our cash handling, very loose on those things that nowadays that technology has helped tighten, right? So we didn't have recipe screens. We had recipe books, you know, just like, unfortunately, some chains out there still have the recipe books. So they brought the technology piece, which was missing and, and tightened up controls. And that's what I needed. That was the... You know, we talk about the aha moment. When was it? And that was a wow. And that was a, a huge moment for me because once we brought in the partners and they said, we want to help your brand grow. And it was something that it was, that was a struggle from going from one store to two stores to three stores and all Keith Richards is all, it was my, you know, my baby, my brainchild, my hard work and saying, okay, I'm going to relinquish some of the ownership to partners. That was, that was a tug. Mm. That was a very, that was my my moment of of on my knees going, God, I need some direction. Am I going? Is this the right path for Keith? Um, financially, we could probably do two or three more stores, but do I have something here that 
and again, do I have something that can grow? And then number two is that, was this something looking long-term? Did I want to be the, the, the old Greek man at the door at 75 years old and have my three stores and go through hundreds of managers, employees, or what, what's that going to look like? You know, cause this is a hard business and, and I, and, and if you do have a single operation, it's based on, and you see this today, is that especially in Greece, is that it's based on that one person yeah. being there, and and that's a challenge. It is. And so when when we were talking about um, at our GM meeting on Monday, I said during July Fourth week, I would close. I would close the whole restaurant down. All my restaurants after all three restaurants closed. And yeah, it was financially a burden for me because I still had to pay my employees. Yeah. And I would lose revenue, but we needed that time to be. With the child. Off, yeah. with the, with the kids it. and stuff. So being that single operator, I thought, you know, big picture, do I want to, do I want to be the single operator and have this big burden or why not share the burden with partners, um, who can help influence, uh, guide me, give me resources. And so that's what really what we've done. Yeah. And I, I'm loving where you went with this. And I always say two things determine your, your growth. Cash flow, you need the, the cash flow there. But even more important than that, people. Uh, yeah. People determine your growth, developing those people. And you can do that internally where you grow and you, you mold people through your culture, through your mentorship. You can grow these people. And when they need, we talked about it earlier, like the people are coming to you saying, what's next for me? Right. And you need to create that opportunity for them. The other part of that is when you have people coming to you and they have the cash and you have that cash flow, who are the people behind the cash? Right, right. What are you? That going could be to, dangerous. Yeah. What are you going to offer me beyond the yes, cash, the yeah. technology, the knowledge? What do you bring to the table beside that cash? How are you going to make us better? So that cash flow and the people determine your growth. And I think you just reinforced that absolutely. Would you agree? I totally agree because you know I look at and I and I told I told our partners this. I said, listen, I can I can create a brand. I can make a lot of money on three stores. I'll work my, you know, my tail off and I, I will be, I'm successful and I will keep being successful, but I don't know how to take a company from three to a hundred, three yeah. to 200. I don't know how to, I don't know what that takes. I, I don't know. I've never had a CFO. I never so, had a, you know, we have some, we have, we're at 45 minutes. We've got some okay. time to dive into first. I want to know how did you take it from uh, one and two to three? Uh, because that, that, that in itself, some people say once you get the third store down, the rest are kind of easy because you've figured mm-hmm. out your systems, your processes, your procedures. You, you got the, the, you know, the, the, the framework, right? right? right yeah. um, now you're just kind of like duplicating. Um, so how did you do that? And then once this other group came, how did they take what you created and how did they, how did they take that to the next level? And I wouldn't mind spending some time talking about where we are, uh, you know, 16, 15 years later from – them coming on board. When was this? 2008 they came on they board? Came on. Oh, so wait, 10 yeah. years later, yeah, like yeah. how you've continued to evolve since then. So bring it to like, what are the key things going back to uh, from one to two to three locations? How did you evolve those stores? You know, the, uh, again, it goes back to, it's just the people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and the suppliers that was that, that, the, for me, it was the people that created and allowed me to go to number two. I had strong people and I thought, man, all I gotta do is just, you know, save my money for yeah. about a year year and a half and I can build another store. That's to me, that was the easy part. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we'll be able to what we call T three again. Um, well, let's save our money and let's make our, you know, some failures that we've learned today is that let's be profitable. So we have the money to do our second store and then our third store. And we did that. And again, the people to me, it wasn't, I, I, I'm a pretty decent leader and I can lead people and teach people and train people. And it's getting harder, but 
to show them and teach them the same passion and culture that I, that we started with T1. And so that was the easy part. The hard part was how do you take three to five to six to eight? And then how do you take this brand out of state? Mm. That's the challenge. And that was something that, that our partners had experience in. So they're, they're coming in saying, okay, together we went up in our fourth store together, fourth store here in Birmingham. You got managers. Yes, sir. That's, that's a, that's, that's, this one's easy. Yeah. This is, again, this, these are easy for me because I'm in my own backyard. And, but now we want to put in the processes. We want to put in the procedures. We want to put in recipe screens. So it's so just, you have these. I didn't have them. No, okay. I mean, I'm talking, I'm I so recipe you, th- books. At this point you, you created three to four stores uh, and you have two situations, right? You have people dependent operations, which work, right. they're tough. Or you have system dependent operations, which work. It's a little soulless sometimes. Uh, but together, if you have people, if you have system dependent operations with incredible people in them, yes. that's when the magic starts yes. to happen. So you were dependent on the, the, the people dependent side of things. Right. Now you started bringing in the system dependence uh, so you can put amazing people into those systems and power them. Right. Uh, the challenge was getting the old people. And it was kind of funny, but once we brought in the technology is I had some people scatter and I, and I thought to myself, there's a reason they're scattering. It's not because they don't want to progress. They won't be taught. They were stealing from me. I had, I had, I had silent uh, investors I didn't even know about. So once I put the technology in, they said, we need to tighten this up. We need to tighten your accounts up. We need to tighten your cash flow up. We need to tighten all this stuff up. Then it's like some of these people just, I mean, they're just, they're running. And I thought, hmm. And the, of course, the, the ones that I knew in my heart that were loyal stayed. And they lear- the thing was that you're learning from, you're going from hand, handwritten inventory sheets to hand prep sheets um, to hand paid outs to we got to create tools. We have a recipe screen. Now we have to go by. So when I, I relate that to my three employees that ran my T1, T2 and T3, um, one of them is no longer with us, but the other two still are. They were my recipe screens. They knew my taste profile. They knew how things were supposed to be done. You recreate yourself. They recreate exactly. Cause they, we worked together for so long. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly. I mean, they know even today, know my taste buds. They'll know that Keith is going to like this or Keith's not going to like this. So again, that was easy. Replicating those got a little harder on four. Um, fine management was not hard, but bringing in the technology and almost going, you know, these guys were so uh, cowboy, uh, maverick for a while, and then bringing in technology and new systems, kind of, whoa, this is shot. But then they embraced it, and that's that was the challenge that I thought I was going to have. Is I loved it. Um, but I thought I was going to have a challenge of these guys embracing it, and they didn't. They they fell in love with it. Now going from from Birmingham to Huntsville, which is you know two hours north, or going to Arkansas was a challenge with the brand. Yeah, can I just put some emphasis on yes. what, what you share with us real quick? When you implemented these systems and processes procedures, uh, going back to uh, Nick, uh, his last name Serena, Serena? Nick Sereno. Uh, Slice of the Pie, author of Slice of the Pie and Nick's Pizza okay, okay, in Chicago. Yeah. Um, he has this, this um, leadership style called Trust and Track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're at the point where you trust, you trusted your managers, right? Yes. And they, they betrayed your trust. But at the same time, that track part is so important. When you put these systems in, you can start tracking. And when you put those systems in, you will weed out the people who are dishonest because now you can see exactly, exactly. where things are going. Yep. So yep. Another huge reason why systems processes and procedures like are so Trust important. Track, yeah. So 
sorry, I just wanted to. No, I great. wanted to put the emphasis there, and I got to learn how to slow down because I get start talking. I don't know if people can even understand me. I get so I'm excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, keep going. So now you're now you're trying to. Uh, you were talking about the brand. The next challenge was the, keeping the brand consistent. Right. And then that was a challenge even with our pita bread. Our pita bread for the first eight, ten years actually um, was made by a local friend who was making our fresh pita bread. Well, that was one product that made us different. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, when we took the store to Arkansas, our very first uh, franchisee, it was how do we get the fresh pita bread that Najee's making you know, five miles from here to Arkansas? And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. We tried to reheat it. Um, I mean, we did everything to that poor pita bread to make it um, to make it live again. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. the pita bread, everything, and um, so that was a challenge. So then it, it took okay. I'm changing something in Birmingham that I don't want to because it's so fresh, but I have to if I'm going to grow the brand in Arkansas, in South Carolina, in Chattanooga. Um, and, you know, we talk about what's the challenges there is that I had to find partners and I had to, to be around people that that we didn't have to mesh 100 percent and be on the same path every single day. But they have they had to have that belief in tzatzikis and they had to have that desire for that. Con- Again, it goes back to the human connection and the food is they love the food. Um, they, they like me okay, but they love the food. But they were connecting partners that I felt, man, this is a brother forever. I mean, I can do. We could go play golf. I, if I my car broke down in Memphis, I could call Jim or Tommy. And they would come pick me up. Mm-hmm. They're they're my brothers. And the same thing with Brad and Chattanooga is that these guys are my brothers, and I had to have those people on my side if this brand was going to work. So that was a challenge when you go to eight uh, to ten to you know up to eighty five. Is that you know, we're not a fast growth franchise, and I don't want to be. We don't want to be. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, I made a note someplace. You said you're not fast growth, you're smart growth. So what does smart growth look like? Well, to us, is it, I mean, we and, and listen, I can sell a franchise all day long, but I want to make sure that that partner that's coming in is in line with, why. number one, why are you doing this? Do you want to add it to your portfolio? Do you want to? You know, do you want mailbox money? I don't mind the portfolio. Mailbox money ain't going to happen in Tzatziki's. It's, it's a work business. What's mailbox money? Well, when, when you create a brand or you buy into a franchise and you get other people to run it and you're just going to the mailbox to pick up your check. We don't work like that. Why I don't work like that. Um, I want you in the store. And that's, that's when I pull out or when franchisees or potential franchisees come to me and we sit down, we do a discovery day. I want to find out who they are. How, how are they ingrained in a community? That's been our challenge is that if you're not ingrained in the community and you're not um, not so, so much in church or, or, or soccer fields or whatever, but if you're not ingrained with the people that are in your community, then, number one, you got to build their trust. It's going to take a lot longer to build their trust when you're going to create a restaurant. So I want to make sure that when we, when we have a franchise partner that comes in, that we're aligned and their passion and – just their their sense of community is has got to be engaging or it will not work and you have to be present in the store listen this is a it is a and i always say i hate to say the f word but franchise is a word and that's our growth i mean that's that's i want more people to experience tzatziki's the challenge is uh, even in today with the millennial society is that they don't like franchises They, they 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 it drives them nuts because they feel that 
you know, it's a corporate getting this and corporate's getting that. And I say, listen, at the end of the day, I will, I will, I will award a franchise, but it's his restaurant. He's hiring his employees. He's hiring the special needs. Yeah. His money's going back in the soccer. His money's going to his family. I'm going to get my royalty, but at the end of the day, think about it. What it, t- what it took me 20 years ago to build a restaurant is $50,000, period. I had, I, there was no need for a website. There was no need for, for um, Facebook, post, blast, push. I don't know all the terminology of all this stuff. I didn't have that. $50,000 today won't even build you a halfway decent mm-hmm. website. So <laughs> when a franchisee's come to me and say, well, what do I get for 50000 or what do I get for my $30,000? Uh, $30,000 uh, franchise fee and 4%. We're, we're very low. 4% for a royalty fee is, is low. And then 0.75 for um, marketing is very low. But let me tell you what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you processes. I'm going to give you experience. Um, so think about today. To open up a restaurant today, and, I, and I'm just talking out loud, and I don't even know the exact numbers, but it's going to be over $600,000 by yourself. And you don't know if it's going to work. Same thing in Tzatziki's. Is we don't know if we plant this thing in... Boise, Idaho, or, or Tulsa, this isn't going to work. It's going to work if the people like the food and we are passionate about what we do and the guests see that. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to, is it a franchise? Is it not? Nah, it's a, yeah, it's a franchise. We'll call it what it is. But at the end of the day, it's, it's Brad's store. It's Joe's restaurant. It's, um, oh my gosh, it's Dale's. It's, Mike's. I mean, I, I'll name off all eighty-five if I have to, but it because <laughs> I can. I'll, I'll make a list, but I, but I can. <laughs> this their restaurant. So, and they're still entrepreneurs. Don't they're still entrepreneurs in their mind, and they are because it's their business. And we've just to me, it's we've given them a shortcut or a, a little quicker path to get to where they should be. Mm. I mean, Lord knows how much it costs. I don't even know what we spent last year to build a website. In- and, to, to support all 85 stores. I love that idea of like, you're not looking to, to get from them. You're asking, what can I give you? Or what are you going to get? I'm not right. looking to get like that, that, that give first mentality. And you mentioned it earlier with joy, right? Mm-hmm. With Jesus, others, yourself. If you start with an others first mentality, it always comes back to you right. in some way, some form. And it, it's hard to, for some people to get into that mindset. But once you do, and once you start seeing the benefit of it, and I've experienced it with Restaurant Unstoppable, with giving out this free resource and just making sure others have this knowledge, others can access the minds of people like you, I can go to any city in the country now and have a place to crash because of it. Like, right. and that's not you can sleep at my house. It's, 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 it's not sure. cash, but you know, you know, there's there's value there. You know, I can now right. I have this network, and that's a return on my investment it of giving is. to others. So it it's another example. Oh, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, the. Um, Scaling, or it's all about the, the meaningful connections, right? And you, you identified the, the brotherhood that you had with these early uh, partners, uh, and you could lean on them. As you continue to grow, as you bring on more partners, is it, is it difficult for you to have that same level of impact with each one of these partners uh, to, to, to bring them to that same level you brought the early partners up to? I think here's the challenge is time. Mm. It's all about time is that, you know, when you have 85 franchisees, and of course, one franchisee may have seven stores, and we still connect. I, what I miss, um, because, you know, over the years my positions has changed, is I miss opening the stores. I miss telling the story, because sometimes that's being left out. And, and we have a great train train that goes out and trains the, you know, the new franchisee and his parts. They come here to train or they go up to Nashville to train or wherever. But sometimes I feel like, 
the people are missing the the true story about what, what are these pictures on the wall? That's I mean, I'm pointing right here to my wife. That's my wife Amy, and the and the name of the restaurant came from that picture. See that Zeziki? Okay, that's where the name of the Zikis came from from that one picture. So tell them that story. Is that these aren't pictures out of a daggum library of Congress or some photo at the Smithsonian. These are pictures I took 20 years ago. And then with our new stores, they're going to be all newer pictures. Mm. Um, and it's like the, the men over there waving. I mean, somebody, Maybe I'll, a, take some of these, I'll take some photos of these pictures before I leave and try to remember to put them in the show notes of this episode yeah. so you guys can I mean, these are sto- these, so, they, so not only are we a brand, but we, but we tell a story, a genuine story of, of how Tzatzikis was born. I mean, and, and – and I think there's a lot of great restaurateurs that have the same story. Um, and I think sometimes that's hard for a franchise company to say, well, what's this based on? That's an idea. I just, I duplicated or replicated something I've seen before. Well, that doesn't really tell a story. I mean, to me, it's, it, it, it goes with the passion is that, man, I can tell you when I took that picture, I can tell you where I was. I can tell you I was on the back of a moped when I took that picture of these guys. All of these things tell a story, and they have meaning, mm. and they have truth, and they have heart to them. And I think that's where, that's why we are where we are today. I feel that. I mean, I may be totally wrong in just saying, "Hey, man, Keith, you're an idiot. You just got great, you know, you got great food or good food or whatever, and that's what's successful." No, um, it, it, it makes a heart, man. It makes a huge impact. The, the the narrative behind it all. Our minds are hardwired to learn through narrative because for hundreds of thousands of years we've been evolving through storytelling through and it's like the, the path of least resistance stories stay with us that that narrative stays with us longer because our, our our brains don't work have to work hard right with the narrative it, it so it sticks with us and there's definitely science that backs that up um this has been a great conversation we haven't spoken much about your uh charity do you want to leave some sure sure sure, sure. And, and and it goes back to of course well, i could tell you another story about how I came to hire special needs. It's a, a cool story. Start with the story. And then um, yeah, so I'll, I'll tell it quickly. So, again, we talked about earlier um, offline is that um, God has blessed me to, uh, to have the talent of being a drummer. I had the rhythm. So we were on a, a cruise. One of the, the food um, purveyors gave us a free cruise, and I'm not a cruise kind of guy. I like to be on a boat but not a cruise boat. So they had a band one night, and the band was kind of struggling, and so – I I did have a beer too, and I walked up to the um, <laughs> I walked up to the the leader, and I said, "Hey man, the drummer's kind of struggling. His his timing's off, and he's trying to sing. You know, he had the Garth Brooks. Yeah. I always call it the Garth Brooks mic around his face. Like Britney Spears does it, or whoever. <laughs> I don't know what they use now. But anyway, so I said, "Can I sit in a couple of songs?" And yeah, you know, management won't let us do this. A Guatemalan band, and I was like, "Okay." I said, "But let me tell you what." I said. He needs to be out front singing. I need to be on your kit, and I will not embarrass you, and I will not embarrass myself. So they all kind of huddled up, and they said, well, you can play two songs. And I said, and they had, a, you know, like a stack of, you know, they were all playing by, you know, uh, books. And I said, um, he goes, pick anything. I said, you pick something. And he said, uh, play the funky music. I said, okay, I can do that in my sleep. I can do that cross-handed. I'll do that in my sleep. And he says, okay, let's play it. Well, three hours later, I'm still their drummer, <laughs> and and then and 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 then the that was that was on a Friday night, Saturday night I was their drummer, and then they asked me to play on the house party on the Sunday night. I'm like, wait a second, this is a cruise for me and my wife are supposed Are you to make any discount. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's going on here? So, long story short, but during that time, um, while I was uh, playing the drums, Amy was kind of just laughing, and she met a lady um, from Shelby County here in in our county. 
that was a special needs job coach. And she approached Amy. She said, who are you guys? What do y'all do? Who's that drummer up there? It's got to be your husband because he doesn't have a flowery shirt on like everybody else. <laughs> and um, so she said, I'm a job coach. And, you know, who are you guys? Well, we own Tzatziki's. Oh, I've, I've, I don't know if I've ever eaten there, but I've heard of Tzatziki's. And have you ever thought about hiring special needs? And we were like, you know, after the concert, or show, we went to con- definitely went to concert. After the, after the gig, Amy said, Keith, have you ever thought about hiring special needs? I said, I never thought about it. I said, you know, where did this come from? And she said, well, I've met Cindy Vincent. So she introduced me to it. And I'm like, cool. So I'm like, you know, and rewind. And I was like, in my mind, I've never, I didn't grow up around special needs or anyone had disabilities. Um, we had a young girl in our neighborhood, but it wasn't, it wasn't special needs. She wasn't, had to, didn't have downs or autism. Um, I went, no, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really, I don't know what they can do. So it was actually one of those phone calls where, yeah, here's my number. And I'm like, okay, I hope this chick never calls me because I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about this deal. So, I mean, it wasn't two days later. I still had that gum seasickness and she called me and she said, let's talk about the special needs. And I went, Oh, okay. Let's, you got to tell me what they can do because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you know, educate me please. So she brought in Brandy, uh, which I'm so proud to say that Brandy just got back from, and I hadn't, seen her this week yet she just got back from the special olympics in seattle for the 2018 uh summer olympics she's nice. a swimmer and so brandy's been with us for 10 years and so i thought you know it's not this is and i don't know cliche is disabilities they have abilities but i could see what they do and i'm like hey man these these menial little jobs these tasks from cleaning tables to rolling silver to picking grapes to you know filling up salt and pepper shakers to cleaning windows that's a menial task for anybody, but these people and these students love it. It's yeah. a job. You know, you point something out uh, that I think, you know, w- the, when you over standardize certain things and you, you kind of weed people out there, like, there, there are certain people that are in our world that have purpose. They need a sense of purpose and right. there's lanes for them, but we start to, we've created a community where these lanes are kind of going away because mm. they're replaced by technology or systems processes, procedure or whatever. Right. Uh, but there's, there's place for people. Um, there's some people that have incredible, like you tell them any piece of information, uh, and they'll just hang on to that forever. Yes. And th- there's a place for these people. Now computers do that. So now uh, you got to have a little a spot in your heart for people that uh, used to have. Everybody needs a purpose, right? And right. when you can provide that purpose for somebody, uh, anybody needs that purpose. It's it's so powerful. And plus, uh, just th- what it does for your, your – I mean, I'm sure you're not doing this because of what it does for your brand. But there are – again, it goes back to that giving to others. And, and that's something that, you know, when I when I decided to do this is that – you know, we have been blessed with four healthy kids. And I thought, wow, the parent of a, a child with special needs, um, that's a life. Yeah. That's a, a lifetime of a child. So what I said was that if I can give, uh, we call her Mama D, if I give Mama, Mama D or these parents three hours or 15 hours a week when they're employed just to go home and pray or play tennis, yoga, whatever, just, I mean, just to give them a break from this, you know, from, from, and it's not a bad thing. I think technology has now they're they're attracted to technology. I mean, you know, Stephen plays his Power Rangers, but he's been doing that for eight years. But anyway, is that if I can give them an out too, then I'm doing a couple things. One, um, um, security for the for the child mm-hmm. in a work safe environment, and he's working. Then uh, I can do something for the parents, mm-hmm. and you know, and it, it's not about you know, am I going to get a story written about me because I hire. Man, brother, it's not about that. It's about it's about Stephen, mm-hmm. 
It's about Cindy over here, Cynthia over here. It's about Win and Ben. I mean, I can ultimately doing you know, good is good oh my business. God. And it, why not? It, exactly. You have to do. You have uh, to give back. And that's that can't be thing. the reason why yeah. you do it, because then it's just you know, it's it's like it's not a reason. Yeah. You, but it, it you can just come back to it time and time again. When you do good, it, it's good business. We mentioned it a bunch of times in the show. Uh, and no matter what opportunity, whether it's helping special needs, it, whether it be. Uh, philanthropic in nature or just because it's the right thing to do like when you do good it comes back uh so it's just having that mindset of doing good is good business will get you so much further and this has been a great conversation uh is there anything we did not get out before we go to the speed round in the very in the and so let me let me tell you what the special needs has has spawned or uh created and that's the hope program Mm. and it and it started uh, again with, with cindy at one of the um rural schools they were growing little pots of herbs in the in the windowsills and she brought the little, a little, I mean, it's basically a solo cup. And she said, Keith, what do you think about these plants? And I'm like, what is that? I said, it looks like basil. And she said, it's going to be basil. And I went, I have an idea. Give me two days. I'll come back to you. So I came back and I said, this is my idea. I want to create a, a concept that I want it to be called hope. And she said, what is that? And I said, herbs offering personal enrichment. Mm. And I want to put that in, in, the, in the Vincent school system. And she goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, I want y'all to grow the herbs for our restaurants. So that has taken on its own legs. And, of course, that's something that, that, that we want to grow, no pun intended. But it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're doing it here. And, and, and the herbs that you get in our stores, 80% of them come from the gardens of hope. And, and what, what happens is the students are growing so there's kind of three tiers of what I want to do, how I give back in this, that with the special needs and then it's the, the hope program. So the, the kids at the school will grow harvest. Um, they will sell us. They're a vendor for tzatzikis and they'll sell us the herbs and we buy them and that money goes, it's earmarked. And I make sure this it's earmarked directly back to hope. So they can grow more herbs. They can take the kids on a, on a picnic or a movie or, or whatever they want to go to. And so again, and that gives them opportunities that, once they come out of school, I may not have a position for them in Tzatziki's, but let me tell you something, brother. At the end of their four years at Hope, or you know, some, some special needs can go to high school for five or six years, they know more about how to harvest and grow and pollinate yeah. dead gum herbs than I, than I could ever imagine. Yeah, and yeah. that goes to give them the opportunity to go to, to work at Home Depot or Lowe's or any garden center, and they have that built-in knowledge that they know. Mm-hmm. And again, it's Sarah's heard me a thousand times and everybody else is it you got to get back man we've been yes. so fortunate and I don't care if you don't make a dime our makeup should be we give back period I love it I mean, this, this has been a great conversation Keith thanks, uh, we're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll wrap up with a quick speed round I've got a serious question for all the owners and operators looking to increase revenue and get more new paying customers in the door. Here it is. How many times would you trade a $100 bill to receive $500 back? As many times as you could, right? That's a no-brainer. Well, here's the deal. Nick Fosberg, who's written one of the best marketing books for bars and restaurants, who's also been a guest on this podcast a number of times now, reached out to me and wants to run an experiment with my listeners. Nick is looking for a small handful of owners who have a Facebook page, and he wants to set up a promotion for them. But get this. He wants to guarantee them $500 in sales for every $100 they invest in what he is calling his VOP promotion. If he fails to do this, you don't pay a penny. 
That's the experiment. And just recently, he ran the same experiment to help the owner of Carl Inchell's Grill House get a 282 offers redeemed in just two weeks with net sales of $14,552. If you're interested in getting more information, go to ru500.net. That's RU for Restaurant Unstoppable 500.net or click the link in the show notes for more information. Finally, a simple, affordable, and legal way to share the music that best represents your brand. It's called Soundtrack Your Brand. Get access to soundtracks tailored for any business. Side note, studies have shown that playing the right music can impact your sales. Do you have questions about what that right music is? Soundtrack Your Brand can help you there too. Here's a fun fact. I'm sure a lot of you out there listening to this already have a Spotify account. Well, you can take playlists from your account and import them directly into soundtrackyourbrand.com. And my guests are always saying on the show that their restaurants are an extension of their own personal brand. Well, so isn't your music. And now you can marry these things together legally. Unlike Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Music, Soundtrack Your Brand is licensed for business use. Skip the hassle of ASCAP and BMI because with Soundtrack Your Brand, it's already included. You can even schedule music for the whole week and adapt the music for each day part. Typically, this deal goes for $26.99 per month, but if you act now before the end of August, you can get this deal for $19.99 per location per month for life. Again, that's SoundtrackYourBrand.com or find the banner in the show notes. All right, we're back, and uh, we're about to start the speed round, but Keith just started going again, and I said, put it on pause. Save it for the recording because this Keith is, is always stuff. Keith is unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, pick up your chair. Start from the beginning. Your train of thought talking to people. No, we were just talking about you know with the trends changing. Is that you know I like to stay abreast, and it, it's hard because changes happen every day so fast. Is that I want to make sure that you know, and and I call people and make sure, hey, what are you guys doing about this? And you know, there's a guys in Birmingham and in in areas that have been in this business a lot longer, and even though I've been in it since I was. 18 that's when i'm getting old um <laughs> is that i want to make sure that we're doing the right thing yeah. you know if is have you tried this have you thought about this and you know and I, and I usually just give my opinion but i want to make sure that i i connect with a restaurant tour at least once or twice a month just to say hey what's happening with you yeah you not only hire your sales but what are you doing to change yes. you know i've got I've got a, a great friend, a really good friend. Um, and that's when I said, put this on pause yeah. because I love where you're going with this and we need to share it on the record. You know, I've got a good friend that just opened up three different concepts. I mean, right up here in the mountain here. And, you know, and, and we talk, you know, Keith, what do you think about this? Or or what's your experience here? And and it's the same thing. How do you, you know, because he's a more of a franchise guy. Um, he, he, you know, he buys into the franchise and he takes that franchise and, he, and he's an entrepreneur. So he takes them, he builds his own personal brand. And he's done a great job with that. And so I want to see what, what's going on out there, you know, because being in the business for, you know, 20 years, we pretty much have the same, and this is crazy to say, but we've had the same, I would say 75, 75% of our menu has not changed. And, 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 and that's appalling to some people. What? But when you look at what we do, and let's say, for instance, Boise, Idaho. Well, Boise, Idaho has never had our signature pasta. They've never had... Um, our pork sandwich, something with a, you know, homemade Alicia's chutney, you know. Um, so there's items on our menu. The Big Mac hasn't changed either in 40 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk about calorie count. <laughs> but, um, 
but some of those things that that we haven't pulled off because it's 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 new in a new town. Mm-hmm. You may come to Birmingham and you say, "Man, I come in here every what's today uh, Wednesday. I come in Wednesday for the um, Spanakopita, or I come in I came in yesterday for the pork sandwich. And I love it, and then I'm gonna come back on Friday for the signature pasta, or Thursday for the taco. So the the good thing here is that yeah, I do have to challenge myself. You know, I challenge myself four times a year to try to find a new LT. Like right now, we're doing this whipped feta, which is amazing, and that's something new that that. I took from a my a ears cool, is perked up. I have the menu right next to me. Oh, I'm, 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 you're going to get some of that. But that's something that I saw in another restaurant. I thought, man, this this is good, and I have this product. Yeah, I need to do this myself. So that's what I love. You know, it's not. I mean, you have the staples, but you're constantly it, introducing new things. We we have to we have to stay. You know, well, just for your people too, they need that sense of creativity. If they if they have, have to do to. the same thing over and over yes. again, people need. That's one thing that we didn't get into during the interview. One of the reasons why I, I sometimes I question big bigger operations because that sense of people need to feel like they're contributing, and they need. And when you if you restrict things too much and over standardize down to the point where people have no creative outlet at work, because that's what we do as humans, we create. Um, you need to create that that channel of flexibility where people can contribute and create on a small scale, it's and we so challenge it. We yeah. challenge our franchise the same, no different than I challenge our employees is that, you know, they, they brought stuff to the table. Some of them that I'd say, nah, I really want to do that one. Or some of them, oh my gosh, that is a killer idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, for instance, last year, you know, and I hate even saying this, but for forever, well, not forever, but for a very long time, we were using MSG in our seasoning. And I had a franchise, he came up and he said, man, have you ever thought about, and it's something I've never really thought about because it doesn't give me a headache. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, well, it gives me a headache. It's too much salt intake. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So, we started, um, it was two years ago maybe, and I said, you know what? Let's make our seasoning with that. I don't want MSG. It's just not good for you. Mm-hmm. So it's those things that someone would bring up to us and say, hey, try this. Yeah. And so I'm not going to be deaf to ideas. I mean, mm-hmm. that's again, that's what's going to keep us relative in this crazy Yeah, and you're only as good business. as your people. And if you limit the potential for your people to contribute, that's – you know how many? I don't even know how many people do you have underneath the, the Tzatziki's brand working for you now. Like it has to be upwards of thousands of people, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, if you, I would say working for me as a you know well, working for our yeah right. But, but that's the p- right. potential brain power right. of thousands of people yes. that you need to tap into. Yes, it's, and and then we we, we want to, and some of them feel restricted, and it's not like. No, we, we want to hear. Yeah. We, I love to hear yeah. feedback, man. I've got to have it. And the reason why I wanted to go into this, uh, you started talking about talking to other people mm. and not having this sense of competition, but of collaboration and sharing knowledge. It's I've found an incredible uh, – What I might edit this because I'm drawing a blank right now. Or maybe I'll just make fun of myself later. Uh, an incredible <laughs> – uh, what's the word – Correlation. That's right, the word. Right, yep. An incredible correlation with successful people and their willingness to talk and share knowledge with other people. And when you when you help somebody else out and you take care of them and you give right. them knowledge that they wouldn't have been previously privileged privy to, privy to, they will do the same for you when they figure something out. Let me tell you something. Knowledge is one thing. They will share recipes. They will not. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, recipes don't make or break a business. Right, exactly, it's exactly. the people. You know, it's exactly. If you think your recipes are going to be the thing that make you successful, it contributes. But like you're in the, the day. For the wrong, exactly, yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong uh, deal. And I've seen that the most successful restaurateurs they have these networks within their cities that they're they're collaborating, they're sharing knowledge, and they're, they're like I, I love saying this uh, the saying that you know cre- cream always rises. Yeah, right. Yeah. And those people, the, the the best, the cream of the crop, right. always rise to the top. 
And so does Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Greece trap. Greece is the Greece stuff, always rises. <laughs> I like Greece. Uh, all right. So let's get to speed round. The first question I have oh, for you is uh, what round. is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic that you believe most contributes to your success? The, what's the it factor? Yeah. It's uh, basically your strength or a habit or a characteristic. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's crazy, man. But, I mean, just being kind to my employees. That, 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 I mean, they're the ones that are make, at the end of the day, you, you don't see me right now on the grill or on the table. I can go run the grill or on the table, but it, it's the people. And and when I walk into my stores and I pat them on the back or I give, you know, um, some of the employees hugs and stuff, I mean, they get that that's Keith. Keith is here. Uh, and it's a – and I hate to say this, but – I don't want our employees, and they haven't, thank goodness, is that I'm not going to be on the, and not to knock shows, because I hope they're not your sponsor, but Undercover Balls. I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> everybody's everybody's going to know who you are. Know who, That's you know, the mentality. I don't care where I, uh, yeah. where I go. They're going to know That show drives me crazy, by the way. I can't watch it. Uh, I, it's, I get it's too fake. It's, now it's too fake. Like, they're, they're like, well, how is this going on? I'm like, <laughs> if you, maybe were, if you're in your business, you'd you know. You would know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what so, is... But it's that, it's that, just that, again, it's that, 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 it's one of our, we have brand values and connection is one of them. Yeah. And it's that connection that I feel um, that I have with our employees. Some of I, I forget their daggum names because we do have so many. But it's, it's the caring that, that they know that when I walk in the door, it's not, oh my gosh, Keith is here. Let's, let's, let's tighten up and I get nervous. It's like, no, Keith is here. It's cool. He's gonna, yeah, yeah. Then, I mean, sometimes it's like, Keith, run this food. I'm like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm getting told what to do, which I don't care. I love it. I love it. Uh, what is your biggest weakness? Um, Honestly, I think I have a little ADHD. It's, it's, sometimes it's, it's focus is that um, I get sidetracked a lot. And I don't know if it's because I'm so busy, but I felt even earlier in so my life I was sidetracked. What's one thing you've started doing? You've identified this, so you are aware of it. Is there a habit you've developed to stay on top of your inability to stay focused on one thing? Um, honestly, this iPad Pro is, is my notes and yeah. making sure that, that I highlight those off. And to me, that, that's the list. accomplished list. Yeah, I mean, I've got to have list. that list and, and, I, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge for me. Yeah. Is it, whether it's taking a catering order that a friend of mine called, I'm like, uh-oh, I forgot yeah. to put that in. He's there at the door. It, it, it's, that's helped me grow. Um, it, that's, and that's a tool that I don't like to have. I don't like notes, but I know to keep me focused – is I have to have yeah. them. There's yeah. a great uh, book out there. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, Eat That Frog by uh, Brian Tracy. Mm-mm. And in that book, he shares a great way to, he basically says you got to live your life off of a list. And he has great list building tools and list habits that you can get from that book. If you guys are listening to this and you want to start living your life off a list, I definitely recommend that book. Uh, so what is one question you ask or thing you look for when you grow on your team? Number one, um, if it's in the back of the house, well, I, I guess in every position is, and this is crazy, but are, are you coordinated? Because in our, in my business, I mean, you have to multitask and not only multitask is that you have to use every part, your mind, your hands, your feet. And so that's something that, you know, and I don't interview as many people, but I, when it comes to a GM level, I, I do is that, are you coordinated and, and how's your teamwork? Because this is not a solo project, man. This is, this is a team, and you know I need backup pitchers. I need you know three catchers on my on my on my bench. So, are you a team player and are you coordinated? Awesome. I can I can teach you fundamentals on how to make a 
a, a perfect gyro or a signature pasta or a spanakopita. Um, things I can't teach you is, is how to use two hands when you work. I can try, yeah. but if your mind doesn't pick that up and you're not that coordinated, then it's going to be a challenge. <laughs> I got you. Uh, <laughs> what is your biggest challenge today? Um, is this in business or in personal life? Either. No, it's kind of, I was going to say I keep pushing my driver to the right. Um, no, um, my biggest challenge is really keeping the is really keeping what we started moving forward and that's that's the the point of do my franchisees are are they still in the mindset of we got to give back we got to take care of our guests what we call the greek men at the door that's a challenge yeah how uh, are you overcoming that um training i yep. mean it's all it's 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 our team our franchise consultants, it's me going to the stores. And listen, they learn, as you know, kids do the same thing. They learn from what they're taught and what they see. So when I go into a store, especially here in Birmingham, and they see me interacting with guests or they see me running out of uh, the whip fed or some hummus to a guest that didn't order it. And that what I always say is our food is an easy pathway to having that connection, right? I mean, how easy is it to... Take a, a a plate of hummus, or if the food is an easy tool to start a conversation. If he didn't like, if, if you see all the the cucumber salad has not been eaten, and you'd say, and he picked out all the tomatoes. Well, I, I know you don't like tomatoes. Next time, just so and then that's that's easy pathway to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that showing and letting them see. Hey, my gosh, man! Even even the founder uh, is still giving hummus away and start talking to yeah. the guests. That's a challenge. It really yeah. is because everybody now, I mean, and the sad thing is because it, it, people now, they want to run in and grab a bag of food and run and not have any kind of connection. I mean, are we, are we daggum robots that we don't want to talk to each it's other? definitely a challenge. That's not man. your personality. I can tell that. It's definitely not mine. I That's why these episodes go an hour and 30 minutes I'm sorry, long. I'm sorry. Nobody's going to listen to it this long. <laughs> Cut it down to five. Uh, <laughs> share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team. Um, this is a core value, a way to be, a way to act. It, it, it really goes back to the respect for – it goes back to the others. It, it's just the respect that you got to have for – because a lot of people touch our plates, right? A lot of there's, – there's four stations in a tzatziki's, and everybody's got to see that. And then we have, you know, runners, and we have rest of people. So it's the fact that you've got to – I mean, you've got to work together. It, it, it's – and – Everybody's got to see the mistakes, and they've got to be able to correct. Because I mean, we're in a very fast-paced business, mm-hmm. so we have to correct it, make it right, make the guest happy, all within eight to ten minutes. That's hard to do. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is something that's common within your four walls, but not common within the industry. Hmm, that's a tough question. Greet people at the door. I think it's come up a couple of times. Yeah, and the the greet men at the door, which you don't see that nowadays. Um, I think Sarah wants to chime in. Chime in, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of fast casual, you know, what we did years ago said, I want to I want to start taking your plate. We pulled the garbage cans out of the restaurant. And I said, you know, I want to start, I want to clear your plate. And, mm-hmm. and you do that in a full service, but we're not full service. So we want to make sure, and, and, and again, that's another challenge, to make sure that that's another point. We have six point, what I call touch points of, how can we can reach our guests? And the last one is pulling that plate. Mm. How was everything? And yep. noticing that. So 
a lot of people are calling that that concept uh they're calling fine casual where yeah, it's yeah. it's quick food you get the all the, the elements of of the fast casual but yes. you have that person that's on the floor floating filling glasses of water be like a pre-clearing right, things of that right. nature that little extra something to show that you still care that you're still you know in your four walls and like you're we're paying attention to you that that little extra touch yeah i mean we hope that everybody especially in this business is doing the same because we all want to be successful yeah so are you guys running out of space in that other room because i can clear i feel guilty taking up all no, we're good we're, you're fine all right cool just I, I, like, sure. I mean that's that was t1 and i'll show you later <laughs> yeah. i'll show you how small we were when we were doing the same numbers yes. oh really yeah uh <laughs> okay so what's one book that's a must read to make us a better person um, or a restaurant operator better restaurant operator i think well i'm on a book now and I've, i'm a quarter of the way through and it's called the 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 sender and but that's another book you know, I just we we read and and our team, we read the uh, capital. Hold on, Dad, um, Bill Magney uh, from Whole Foods. Conscious capitalism. Okay, sorry, and um, I forgot because I, I I like Clive Cussler and I don't. Some of these books, for, you know, they're they're very repetitive, but you know, then that touched all the points of why we are who we are and what what pillows you need to. To, to use and what they've used to be successful. And I think books like that, to me, it's in, wow, I'm doing these things. Ooh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Or, wow, I need to do a better job on this leadership key or this leadership pillow or those things. Um, and to me, that book brought out, you know, again, I don't think a lot of books are repetitive, but it brought out in me going, hmm. I need to work on this or I need to be yeah. a better, I need to be, do better at this. That book's um, been mentioned a couple times on the show now. Has uh, it? Yeah. Conscious capitalism. I have not read it, but the cool thing about, about being on the road is that I get a lot of times. To, you to, get the audio. To, yeah. yeah. I get those audio books and that one is on audio. So if you head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable, you can get that book for free. And do you listen to audiobooks? I, I'm not in my car long enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get halfway and I'll stop. But there's, you know, there's another book that we read and it's, it's death by meetings. Okay. And, oh, it's just shorten down those meetings. Oh, it's like, why we have so many meetings. We have meetings for meetings. <laughs> yeah. We're going to meet to meet about this meeting. Yeah. And that, that was, and I can't remember the author, but, um, Yeah. I've heard that one too. Uh, share an online resource or tool. This is something that you go to to get knowledge or to uh, be more efficient. Or something. I will tell you this is every morning, and um, I don't re- I, I don't. I think I, if I'm given a nugget, then I'll take it. And I'll dive deeper and see what's going on. But every morning, and I love this. QSR sends out um, quick service restaurant sends out a their magazine uh, touch points every single morning. And it's, it's about trends, about, you know, what's Chipotle doing? What is this brand doing? What are these guys doing? Who's the new CEO? So I read through that, and I go like, well, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Or this guy stepped down when he was a leader. They only gave this guy, you know, uh, six months to get a brand straight, and they've already fired the guy. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, and I look at that going, that's not fair. So I think I'll look at that because it gives you the trends. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those things, you know, what's trending now, what's hot now, um, what's starting to decline, what's – you know, what's on the rise. Um, and it, and it's weird, but I read that every day. I yeah. mean, I was reading it just when you walked in, I was, I was reading a little nugget about, uh, Chipotle. Actually. So you, I'm sure there's a, a way you can get on their email list. So I'll, I'll link the QSR. Yeah. Maybe yeah. The, the page where the, the email list sign up option is, yeah. uh, in the show notes. And what is one piece of technology you've adopted within your four walls that has had an influence on operations? Well, 
in, and I saw this on, on while reading the other uh, one your other cast is we've installed Square mm. and it has been a I would say really it's been a game changer for us um, because it does, we have our own the cool thing about my partners is that we have our own technology company. So, and the great thing is that Square marries with these guys. Okay. And, and, and we can give our two cents about what we want Square to do for us. And, and it, and it, what is the technology company? Is that a it's Fresh Technologies? Okay, it's oh. based out of, out of Nashville. Yeah, yeah it's our partners. Fresh Techno- yeah, yeah. I've heard I mean of they're fresh cool guys, and yeah. they're always cutting edge. So they're Square marries with what we're doing. Okay, um, and that's probably how you know um, uh, Peg Lake Porter. Peg Lake, yeah, because he, he uses he uses that fresh. Maybe that's where I met the dude. Yeah, that's yeah, probably what yeah, it is. It's pretty funny. Okay, um, everything's coming together. So anyway, so Fresh is they're my partners. So. Um, and they do a great job with guys like me. They're, they, you know, they'll take a one or two store. And they've, I mean, you look at Nashville now, their portfolio is amazing because they've done, you know, with, with Patrick Martin and uh, Biscuit Love, they've taken these one off owners and they've helped create uh, yeah. bigger brands for them. No, it's which interesting because cool. when I think of uh, Square, I think of very simple, small menus, simple operations like cafes. But you're, uh, with the franchise, it's uh, big. It's big. So it's, big. it's interesting. I, I was surprised to hear you say Square. To be yeah. completely honest, yeah. You know, we started with the um, the Loha pl- platform, but Square was just easier. And and you know, honestly, you know, we are. I don't want to say we're tip based, but we do allow our guests to tip. Mm-hmm. And we've seen an increase of fifteen percent of if you give them that option. Yeah, give yeah. them an option. And, and sometimes it's like a pre tip because you don't get the service till after. But hopefully, you know, the first time you won't tip, but hopefully the second time, if you feel to, and it's not, listen, our employees make enough money that they don't need the tips, but if you feel gratuity is needed, um, then so be it. If not, not a big deal. All right. This is the last question. You're Promise? For. No, it, it's, a, it's a big one. So oh, no, uh, I don't like big questions. Brace for impact. Uh, if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure with the exception of three pieces of wisdom, three things you know to be true about your success, uh, about the good of, of humanity, and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Wow. Um, that is a bomb. Um, my legacy I think that that my success was built. I, I kind of get emotional when talking about this, but because I know how my success was built is 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 that Keith Richards was a man of faith, and he built his business on that principle. That and it goes back to how he took care of his guests and how he took care of his employees. And I and I hope that when when I do pass, and hopefully I, I won't ever, I'll live forever. Is that that's what I remember by, and and it's not about the great food. Is that the impact that I've put on Stephen and you know our special needs community? Um, so can I say take care of others? Yeah, yeah. Number one. Yeah. What's number two? Um. That I. That I that I showed how my faith has made me successful mm. I, I want people to see that yeah I, I'm, I'm a man of God uh, I'm not a preacher but I but I know that my faith and what I do on a daily basis has 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 helped me down that path because that's just what I was born in, and that's where the, the mentorship from my mom and dad comes in 
take care of others. Number one, uh, show that your faith will make you successful. Number two, and number three. Um, that I was a great father. That that I, I love my kids unconditionally. And, yeah. And Keith. a great husband. And there's still four. There's five. There's two. I mean, I keep. <laughs> Keith, this has been a great conversation, <laughs> oh, man. man. I'm sorry. I've loved every second yeah, of it. You were truly man. an incredible guest. Uh, we wrap up thank every you. episode by calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator? Somebody you admire and believe would make a great guest mentor on the show. If you could understand him, it would be one of my great friends, George Saris. George Saris. Yeah. And who's he with? He he owns uh, the fish market here. He's a, a gentleman from Greece. From, oh, okay. It's Italian Greece. I'll do my best to understand. I'll get after him. Uh, he's a great. He's a great. I'm going to meet him uh, again. Like we talked about meeting. Yeah. Uh, I'm over meeting him today. Yeah. Look out, George. I'm coming after you. And let yeah, the yeah. folks at home know if we yeah. want to maybe come join your team or we want to follow uh, you guys on social media. What's the best way to connect? Sarah, what's the best way to connect? Yep. Is it Taziki's? Tazikiscafe.com. Tzatziki's Cafe. Or hit us on the website, yeah. And I think it's at Tzatziki's, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just go to the website. And, or just and go to the show notes. I'll have show the links notes in the show notes. link to our website. Right yeah. there. I'm not a, I hate to say this, but I'm not a – my kids are, but I'm not a Facebook – that's right. Post it kind of guy. I just when you get to a certain level, you can hire people to be that. Well, point. I don't. Yeah. And as soon as I, I get, think, to that, I don't think of it that way. I just I, I, that I, I don't want that. people following me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> not that I have secrets or anything. But I just don't want them to know that. <laughs> maybe I play too much golf, or, or which I don't. But anyway, <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, again, Keith, thank you so much. No, there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. Well, I, I try to be <laughs> <laughs> something they, my wife can stop me. Okay. We'll, we'll cut it there. Awesome. Right. That was fun. Well, there's another episode wrapped up here at restaurant unstoppable. Keith Richards, man, honor. What an honor to make an example of you and your values. And I love the idea of slow growth from this conversation. I think a lot of people, uh, they think they, they, they realize they have something and they just want to grow, 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 grow. And they think that big is great. Well, not necessarily, uh, big can be impactful, but only when you get there slowly, I feel like you can't grow people quickly. There's a certain rate at which you can develop, grow, and attract onto yourself the right people to grow. So this idea of smart growth, I think, is really important. And I think Keith is an amazing example of that. Also, uh, this idea of just connecting with other restaurateurs. He says he makes it a point to connect with two or three restaurateurs a month to see what their challenges are, to see uh, what they're finding to, to be working in their restaurants and to share his knowledge with them. And likewise, and that, that back and forth. Uh, and I think that it, it's a trend that I'm picking up on all these restaurateurs that are successful is, is that they share knowledge. So get out there, find people, share knowledge and grow together. And then like always guys, please do reach out to me, Eric at restaurant Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me how I can best serve you. You can also find me at Eric Cacciatore on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook slash restaurant unstoppable. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. Uh, You can also find me on Spotify and on Google Play. I'm not sure how the reviews work there. I'll have to check it out. But if you can't review me or give me a rating on those platforms, why not? Go for it. I would appreciate you if you did. And as you're listening to this, I'm going to be in Seattle. So if you're in that area and you want to connect, maybe give me some leads. Tell me who I need to talk to. Let's do it. 
Again, Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com is the email. And the best way to support this podcast, guys, is simply by sharing it. Who do you know in this industry that could benefit from the countless stories of incredible restaurateurs just pouring it out there and sharing what they know to be true about their success you know put this on their radar it's all about it's all about sharing knowledge and if we're going to really live the mission of this podcast of transforming the industry we've got to get the the word out there all right guys that's all for today thank you so much i love you all until next time peace out